Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. President Joe Biden may have delivered the biggest climate legislation in history, but environmental activists aren't happy, and that's putting his 2024 re-election campaign at risk. For a while now, green groups have publicly and privately criticized the administration's actions boosting oil and gas production. And now they're wondering amongst themselves how hard they can push Biden without risking throwing the election to Donald Trump. It's an important debate because Greens helped the president win the 2020 election, and one of the last things he needs is part of his base visibly causing confrontation. So today, I chat with Politico Zach Coleman about Biden's green threat. It's Friday, February 16th. A lot of green groups are happy with the progress that Biden has made on climate, but they acknowledge that there's still a lot more that has to be done. And I think the biggest slice of people in that camp are the younger progressive climate activists, heavily politically involved, and they have opposed a lot of what Biden has done on fossil fuel infrastructure, things like approving the Willow Oil Project in Alaska, the Mountain Valley Pipeline that would bring gas from Appalachia to the East Coast, the rapid pace of approvals of drilling on federal lands, the lease sales for offshore drilling that Congress is making the administration hold as part of the Inflation Reduction Act. So there are any number of projects that the Biden administration has approved and for a lot of people in the climate movement, there's a pretty clear directive from the science that says we shouldn't be doing any more of this fossil fuel stuff. And they want to hold Biden to account for that science. And of course, you know, the administration did make a recent move in part to appease activists, particularly young activists around pausing new LNG export approvals. So, you know, why are these young activists still disappointed? And can you just talk about how it seems like based on your reporting, they're being more public about pushing the president? Yeah. So a lot of activists are sort of disillusioned with Biden. You know, I referenced some of the fossil fuel projects that he's approved. So that's part of it. But there's also just a broader dissatisfaction with some of his positions, especially on the conflict between Israel and Hamas. And there's just this sense that he's not the progressive icon that they wanted him to be a lot of people came around to support him in 2020, but only after he had adopted a more ambitious platform. And there are people who think that he didn't live up to it. There are people who think he compromised too much on the Inflation Reduction Act. He had to get that through a narrow Congress. Joe Manchin had a lot of sway, created a lot of incentives for carbon capture and for hydrogen, things that a lot of the climate community sees as false solutions for solving climate change. So there's this general feeling that he's not a popular president, but they are protesting him publicly because they think galvanizing him into making more strident, ambitious steps to tackle fossil fuels will actually excite the people who have decided to tune him out because they don't think he's living up to his initial promises. So there's this theory of change that essentially 
Uh, if we create public confrontation to make Biden respond, then maybe he will be more progressive and anti-fossil fuel, and that will then excite young voters to come out and vote for him. They believe that that is his path to winning. But there's the alternative case in which he goes too far, and this is something that could turn off swing state voters in places like Pennsylvania, where there is a large amount of natural gas and oil workers. So there's this balance that the Biden administration has to strike, and the campaign certainly as well. It's just a matter of who do you think needs to be more motivated? Is it keeping moderates and independents and people who might be wayward Republicans in the potential Biden camp? Or is it getting voters who backed him in 2020 to come out again through doing more ambitious stuff? Gotcha. And as you know, Biden in these months leading up to the election kind of weighs these different pressures, you know, you note that there does seem to be some disagreement within Biden's environmental camp, his group of supporters around how he should motivate voters who are concerned about climate change. So what's the disagreement about there? Well, I think the disagreement is more about how the environmental groups engage with people. So there are people within the more activist side of things, the progressive side of things who say the only way to excite young people who Biden needed to win in 2020 and will need again in 24 is by doing more ambitious climate stuff, by being bold and canceling new fossil fuel projects, by denying permits, by doing all the things that organizations like Sunrise are asking for. And then there's a theory of the case that just not enough voters know exactly how accomplished Biden is on climate because polls have shown that there's very low voter recognition of what the Inflation Reduction Act even is or does. So there's a huge voter education drive by environmental groups to connect what Biden has actually done with voters so that they understand that he's actually a really accomplished climate president, probably more accomplished than any we've ever had. And you know, if you're on the sidelines because you don't think he's done enough, well, actually, he's done more than anyone else. So you should vote for him. That's the kind of pitch that they're making. So it's just seems to be targeting two different kind of sets of voters. I mean, when I was talking to some of the more progressive leaning types, they said that's not going to work on our people, you know, the people that we're targeting, because they are already aware, they're hyper aware of what Biden has done on climate, and they don't think it's enough. So I guess it's just sort of like, what is the critical mass of either buckets there? And the challenge is, if Biden thinks that going after the progressive side is the way to go, then what effect does that have on people who might be more moderate? Do they want to vote for him in the same way? And vice versa, if he doesn't do enough, because they're worried about keeping moderates, then do you risk not exciting progressive enough and they stay home? or vote for a third party. So, I mean, this is a really tough challenge for him. And just on the stakes here, I mean, how big of a deal is this, you know, the debate on just on how to handle the climate messaging and, and how to weigh, you know, whether environmental activists, young activists turn out in the race for Donald Trump, who, of course, is not someone who's running on climate action. Right. It should be one of those things where it's quite obvious if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you probably get Donald Trump, who is not good on climate. But I think a lot of young people are tired of having to be asked to pick the lesser of two evils. And that's how they feel, a lot of them, right now about these choices, because they don't think that Biden has done enough. And they don't see either candidate as living up to 
the science and acting with the urgency that it demands. So the stakes are pretty high. I mean, Biden only won by tens of thousands of votes when you really break it down to the three states where it mattered, Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin. So, you know, you need a lot of people to turn out. You need the coalition that he had in 2020 to come back together in 2024. And what you're seeing right now is he's not able to hold it in place, at least where the polls are right now. Also, the House voted on Thursday to strip the Energy Department of its authority to grant natural gas export permits, delivering a bipartisan rebuke against President Joe Biden's controversial decision to pause new approvals. The bill would hand power exclusively to FERC, but it's unlikely to be considered by the Democrat-controlled Senate, and the White House, too, has voiced its strong opposition. For more news on energy and environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Nermal Malichael is the podcast producer. Annie Reese edited the podcast this week. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. And that's our show. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Tuesday. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, who is innovating to help responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.